0: How do you sort out the so-called jargon from real-world practices that work? Do the members of your organization find some business advice utterly confusing? Welcome to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. In this program, we set the record straight and in terms that people at any level of business and technology can understand. Now, here is your host, Sam Holzman.
1: Welcome to this edition of the 2020s Enterprise. I'm Sam Holzman, your humble host. And today we're going to be talking about uh, digital transformation mistakes to avoid. Kind of an interesting title. And it has to do with public reports that are stating that 84%, 84% of digital transformation projects are failing to deliver their expected benefits as measured by the people that actually began the work on digital transformation. <clears throat> now, why is this? I mean, what? that's a, an incredible number. It's, it's just an incredible number. And I was looking up uh, before the show uh, some previous activities because I sort of follow a little bit of history here and believe that if you don't study history, same mistakes are going to occur over and over again. And some pretty famous people have come up with some catchphrases that could describe what's going on in digital transformation. The first one, if you remember back to, unfortunately, the dot-com bubble in the 90s, early 90s, uh, Alan Greenspan came up with a a fantastic catchphrase, as I call it, and the phrase was, irrational exuberance, irrational exuberance. (laughs) And basically what he was saying is, you know, this has gotten out of control. It's really gotten out of control. Uh, it's there, and of course, everyone sort of knows what happened in that uh, that particular era. That's there. It's that exuberance that is irrational. In other words, there's no basis for it. That's there. Um, about the same time, there was two very famous authors that took the business world by storm. Um, one of them was uh, Dr. Michael Hammer, and his co-author was uh, James Champy, and they re- they wrote a book. That uh, was on um, uh, the b- bestseller list for uh, over a year. Sold two and a half to three million copies, and the and the, the title of the book was "Reengineering the Corporation: Colon, A Manifesto for Business Revolution." I mean, again, a very very dramatic phrase that said essentially, you know, get rid of everything that you've done before. Uh, we know better. And we're going to solve world hunger for you uh, that's there. Well, (laughs) more recently, and my apologies if I butcher uh, this individual's name. um, His first name is spelled Y-E-G-O-R, Igor, I believe. Last name B-U-G-A-Y-E-N-K-O, Bugayenko, I believe. And I apologize if I butchered his name uh, that's there. And the phrase that I just was reading in a, a technology magazine that happened to be there, I think is fantastic. And the phrase that he is using is hazardous enthusiasm. <laughs> hazardous enthusiasm. And these phrases are sort of ringing true here. It's We tend to uh, oscillate or jump from the magic to another magic that's there. And organizations are... St- realizing that looking for that silver bullet technological magic or magic pill that will magically and mystically transform the organization into a 2020s enterprise by Monday morning isn't going to happen, yet they still keep doing this. And that's the phrase that I'm trying to suggest here that Alan Greenspan had, that uh, uh, Michael Hammer and James Chanceby, Chanceby had, and now Igor has come up with something you know, similar to that. It's not that these ideas are bad. It's that they're overhyped and oversold and can probably never meet the expectations uh, of people that are there. And when it comes to digital transformation, one of the things we should be looking at, and we're going to be looking at in this broadcast, is not the 84% failure. Um, you know, it's always fun to talk about that. But what are the 16% successes? Um, I don't like the phrase, uh, our objective is to fail fast. Um, I like the phrase, our objective is to succeed fast. And if you look at the 16% for just a moment, there are some key elements here that we want to bring to you in this broadcast. Uh, Granted, we only have an hour together, but this will give you some ideas of, of what are going on there. And the first step in the successes that we've studied now and it was kind of hard to find these it's easy to find the the failures <laughs> a lot of them end up in lawsuits between consultants and companies uh, unfortunately that's there one of the first steps is defining what digital transformation success means in your organization uh of course if you look at you know various of the search engines out there or various sources Everybody glances over the phrase and says Dil- digital transformation results, and we'll be we'll be doing this, et cetera, et cetera. But nobody actually defines it, and I have a hard time figuring out what it is in comparison to technology enablement. The word transformation, I think, is the one that got to me. I don't think you can transform your organization digitally. I think what you need to do, and coming back to the 16% successes is what we're seeing also, what you first have to do is to examine the business. What technology can do is to mechanize the cow paths, but it can't reinvent the cow paths. We have to essentially understand the business and how we optimize the business whether it's the processes that are being performed or the data that's being performed or the skills or the events the organization has to respond to, we first have to address the business transformation that will then be digitized in a transformative way. So it comes back to understanding the objectives that we're trying to achieve with digital transformation. And the way that we do this, and it's very similar to what we saw in the successes out there in digital transformation, is defining a very simple term called goals. Now, this is something else that we've seen in the industry, especially over the past decade or so, the desire for increasing complexity. I don't actually get it, but we're seeing it all the time. Let me say it again, the desire for increasing complexity sort of sounds like that same phrase that we're talking about, hazardous enthusiasm that's there. Let's sit back for a moment and figure out what the business is nowadays and how we can optimize the business, whatever it is. And it starts with a series of explicitly defined goals. Now, people use the phrases critical success factors, objectives, key performance indicators. This is all a convoluted activity, in my opinion, to make it more difficult to understand the simple term goals. What are we trying to achieve? Now, these are not goals. Improve productivity, reduce costs, value your employee, value your customers, value your whatever it is. Those are platitudinal phrase names that are out there. It tells us nothing. That's out there. These are not principles of a, of of of, uh, of an organization. Once again, these are platitudinal phrases. What we need is crisply defined, measurable statements of desires or intents. And the phrase that I use very simply is goal. And we have a tremendous amount of history and study about that phrase. If we'd only go and use it, and people have said. In general, there are five things that we need to understand explicitly, not implicitly, but explicitly when we use that phrase. And usually people use the phrase smart to understand what that is. Strategic, measurable, actionable, results-oriented, and time-bound. S, strategic, M, measurable, A, actionable or accountable, depending on who you speak with, A, R, results-oriented, T, time-bound. Very simple. And if any of those things are missing, we don't know what our actual intent is. So, when we define something and we say we're going to digital transform something, we need to have a set of measurable goals that tell us uh, whether or not we're doing this. So, a goal could be uh, reduce the time that clients spend um, uh, in, in, in booking a reservation. Now, that's, that's a statement, That is not a goal yet. So we could say something like, reduce the time it takes for a client to book a reservation, strives to ensure that a maximum of three minutes is spent on a reservation which will result in the customer satisfaction being increased by 3% as measured by the repeat business that we get from that client over a 24-month period or something like that. Of course, I just made that up, you know, as as we're, you know, working through this with you here. But once you have that crispness, you can say, yep, this digital activity that we performed is actually doing that. And that's a measurable result. Now, I still haven't figured out exactly what non-digital transformation (laughs) would be or or digitization without transformation. But that word, again, is a little bit loose. So that's how I would define that. And what we found is that people that have dubbed their projects, and you can title anything that you want, anything, digital transformations, this is the overarching key success factor, a series of measurable goals that people can say, yes, we did this here's how we achieve that through these technologies or these activities or these processes we're calling that the project digital transformation and that has resulted in these types of measurable benefits for that transformation effort that we're talking about and then we have a series of other goals or other measures that are out there there isn't just one you know that we're talking about it could be a number of those now in order to achieve that you have to start looking at the business first, not the technology. It's not that we're ignoring the technology, but what are the business drivers? What are the business drivers? And sometimes those drivers uh, get in the way a little bit. You know, for example, if if you believe that one of the key success factors of your organization is that personal concierge activity that's there, the personalization, and you have a computer now in between yourself and the client that changes that view quite a bit. As you can you know, guess, you have that technology in the way, so to speak. And so it's more difficult to do that transformation activity because of the concierge actions and a computer is now in, 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 uh, in the middle of this. When you have a person to person communication, you can look at the concept of concierge service a little bit easier rather than the keyboarding going on or the voice response units or whatever people are using to uh, to actually do that. So when we look at these things, we have to sort of take them apart into pieces to make sure that our transformation effort uh, is is successful. And sometimes, as I said, there's a conflict between the business desire and technology that we have to sort of sort out. So it's not just applying a bunch of technology that's out there. Perhaps, and if we looked at some of the other things in digital transformation that didn't work out, what we tend to see is technology being applied not for digital transformation but cost reduction, which is a different objective. It's not bad. It's a great idea. But that's, I think, different. And that's one of the objective, of course, of technology in a lot of cases is cost reduction that's there. Once we see that, we can start looking at the process and process activities that are going on. And one of the best ways we've seen to do that is from a, um, uh, a while ago, uh, two gentlemen named Rumbler and Brache invented what was called the swim lanes. Uh, you are pro- possibly familiar with these types of things. And in a book that they wrote, which is a very, very good book, The subtitle was the key to this book, in my opinion. Yeah, I know that you can use Microsoft Visio and start plotting these things out with these swim lanes there, but within the book itself, the subtitle to me was the most important, and that was managing the white space in the organization. And what the two gentlemen were saying was, let's concentrate on the time between process A and process B first and see why there's a delay uh, or a sort of a hiccup there versus trying to optimize the process speed itself because that time in between can really be referred to as dead time, dead space. And from a client perspective and a transformation perspective, that's a key thing. And we've got uh, some excellent examples from our own consulting activity where we took in one organization a process that used to take 37 days down to 28 days down to 8 days without touching a computer system by doing this optimization now you may call that a you know transformation activity we didn't we used technology to understand the processes that are going on but it wasn't used as an enabler of the end game itself so maybe we can call that a digital transformation effect there So, once we have an understanding of the goals of digital transformation, explicit, strategic, measurable, actionable, results oriented, time bound, of what digital transformation is, and there may be multiple goals, of course, that are there, then we can look at the business goals, the business drivers, with that same type of SMART understanding, map that against what we're doing, and then we can examine the processes that are, we're trying to uh, have that are to achieve those objectives first from a business perspective and then a technology perspective. So there's two ac- activities that are going on there. Once we have those things in place, we can now look at the concept of optimization of the business activities and then we can possibly apply technology to that. And those can be transformative, both from a business perspective, of course, and a technology perspective. So once we have the goals of digital transformation defined, and we have an understanding of the business goals that we're trying to optimize or mechanize or transform, if I can use that phrase, then once we have that, we have an optimized environment, we can then look at What technologies will allow us to move in that direction? So we're not paving over the cow paths anymore. We're now enabling the business activities, the business processes, to achieve the goals of the organization through a series of technologies to lead us to that objective, which is a transformative effect on the business and the technology. So those are the first three steps that we're going to be looking at when we look at digital transformation. We're going to take a short break, and we're going to be talking about some other things about digital transformation when we come back. We'll see you back here in just a few seconds. Oh, actually a few minutes. Thank you.
0: Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain? AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us! Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle, a methodology of business understanding, technology planning, and change by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holtzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no-nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to the 2020s Enterprise. Digital Transformation Mistakes
1: to Avoid. That's the episode that we're uh, doing today with you. And uh, I'd like to point you to a McKinsey study uh, that was done about 10 months ago. It uh, was uh, published in November 2018. And uh, obviously, McKinsey has a lot of clout, especially in the executive suites and organizations. And I hope people are reading these things um, that, uh, that are out there. And uh, I'm going to take directly from this report uh, because it really says it all it starts off and it says, in our experience, a push to launch more digital applications can make a company's technology landscape increasingly complex and difficult to manage to the point that it impedes transformation programs. This is a very important thing for people to recognize if you lead with technology and you have any belief at all in the studies that McKinsey has done with their clients, it's a pause and it really has to do with the same thing that we talked about in the first segment of this particular program, not looking at the technology first, first looking at the business activities that, you know, that are getting us there. And, if you look at these types of things, the interactions between the technology organization and the business area, and people have used phrases like alignment and uh, co-development and co-locations and joint teams and those types of things, it's all trying to do the same thing, and that's get the business and technology people to communicate more precisely I didn't say a lot I said more precisely And in order to do that as a technologist as I, as I am I look at it and say I look at my business partners as the customer I don't use the term user I hate that term <laughs> from this standpoint they are customers they are holding the check and what I do has to be customer friendly or the phrase that we like to use in our organization is human consumable. So the things that we're doing need to have that human consumability that's there. And that's a talent that that the technology folks, whether it's the chief information officer or the enterprise architect, or any of these folks really, really need to have to make sure that there's an understanding of what is being done by the organization. And the focus needs to be in digital transformation not how many computer programs are built or not how many um, uh, new uh, applications are there or not how much uh, infrastructure speed has occurred, but the focus needs to be on the business outcomes. It's the business model that is being transformed through technology. It really is as simple as that. It's the business outcomes that we need to look at. And when we apply technology, transformation activities on it? Is it affecting in a positive manner the digital outcomes that's there? And further discussions within the McKinsey uh, report talks about the vital role of something, of course, that we are very interested in in our firm, enterprise architecture. But enterprise architecture as we see it, and lately we've had to, and this is an unfortunate thing that we've had to do We actually put the term real in front of it, because most of the things that we see out there that masquerade as enterprise architecture is a very useful thing, but it's not enterprise architecture. It's EITA, Enterprise Information Technology Architecture, which is a great thing to do. But it's not business transformative. It's technology transformative, which is very important, but it's very, very different. And that's because in a lot of organizations, the people that are doing this are steeped in technology, which is great. But remember that wonderful phrase that we uh, talked about in the first segment here, and that was hazardous enthusiasm, especially when it comes to technology. So as a real enterprise architect, these people's job is to have a series of representations that allow business transformation to occur and then be enabled by technology that's out there. And these studies have continually shown that if the architect and the architect organization works in this direction they bring much more value to the organization than looking at technology, looking at applications, are looking at things like that. They're looking at enabling the business activities that are out there. And a common phrase that's used is enabling the business capabilities that are out there. Now that term, unfortunately, just like all the other terms that seem to be bantered about nowadays, has multiple definitions. But basically, to us, a capability is a composite of... Something that we're trying to achieve, the goals we're trying to achieve. The processes we need to achieve that particular goal. The raw materials, some people call it data, that we need to perform those processes to achieve the goals. The human element. What are the skills required to make that happen? The locations that this is going to occur at. And finally, the most important thing that we see in this world that we're in right now, are the events that we have to react to in that capability. Because this is the key to things that are going out there. So if an order is placed by telephone, that's an event that can occur. Are we gonna handle that different than an order is placed by somebody walking into a retail store? Or are we gonna handle that differently if an order is placed by fax machines, if anybody's using those anymore? Or by snail mail, or by telephone, or by voice response unit, or by self-service kiosks. These are all different events that may require a business decision to be made on whether or not the handling of that internally through processes will be done the same way. So as you can see here, events drive the business. Events drive the processes. A lot of people think that they're process-driven because they don't recognize that other element that is important in the society we're in right now. We are event-driven, and we react through those events by using processes. So in this area of digital transformation, once again, we're concentrating on all those capabilities that allow us to achieve the business objectives that are there. Now, going a little further here, companies say that as we move forward in this area, the underlying activities are changing. And this has to do with the maturing of the technology organization itself. The concepts that we're chatting about here require us to look at both ends. True digital transformation occurs on both sides of the equation, so to speak. It begins with the optimization of the business activities, but also the optimization of the technological enablement of those business activities. And forgive me for saying this, but hand crafting solutions with digital transformations. Now, let me not mask this. Using agile programming techniques, agile programming is still handcrafting. isn't going to get us there. So once again, coming back to the McKinsey article, they were talking about microservices. Well, with all due respect to our friends at McKinsey, we're almost there. We're almost there. In a previous segment of our program, the 2020s Enterprise, I discussed the maturity levels that we need in technology. And just briefly here, the three maturity levels are make to order, provide from stock, and assemble to order. Microservices are not there to the level three yet. The assemble-to-order concepts is what we need to talk about. And as I said, a previous episode of our program, the 2020s Enterprise, has that a description of that. So we're moving in the right direction, which is absolutely fantastic. And so the things that we want to avoid are some of the things that we have talked about before. And the other thing we want to avoid is starting with technology. It's there. I hate to emphasize this continually, but it's beginning with the business activities. And I know sometimes there's a hesitation because we're sort of playing in somebody else's sandbox. And I understand that. And in order to do that, as the phrase goes, to get a seat at the table, we have to be looked at as trusted advisors and not propeller heads. (laughs) Nothing wrong with propeller heads. We need those folks. But you know what I'm talking about here. It's It's that view that people have. And so as a trusted advisor, and some organizations are using a great term that, as far as I'm concerned, they call them business technology partners. They don't call them architects or technologists, but business technology partners lead us to that activity that allows that cooperation that's there. We're speaking business ease as technologists. And for a lot of us, that's hard, because that's a soft skill. Um, that's there. In order to get us there, we also have to understand another mistake that is sometimes made, again, the digital transformation mistakes, and that's the concept of training, both from a business perspective and a technology perspective. The skills may be different, and we have to anticipate that. It doesn't matter how good the technology is, but people are out of their comfort zone. They've been doing this the same way for X days, weeks, months, a year, whatever it is, and all of a sudden something changes, whether it's a business activity or business process change or technology change, and they're sort of frozen in place there. So no one wants to be surprised. No one wants to feel like they're going back to kindergarten, so to speak, to learn. They want to enhance their activities. So training, whether it's called training or skilling or reskilling or redeployment, Lots of different phrases. We need to make sure that both the business and the technologists are getting that opportunity to address the new activities that are going on in this transformative activity that we're looking at. And this all has to be put into a perspective. Once again, one of the mistakes to avoid is speaking to senior executives in Computeries, well, our objective is to install these three applications, which will reduce latency by three milliseconds per transaction, which will result in stop it, stop it <laughs> that's not going to make any difference. What we want to do is to show people you know this is the way we were ordering sandwiches before, and it took about seven minutes from the customer entering their order or coming to the the, uh, the clerk, and getting their sandwich. This new process will now bring that down to three minutes. And the way we're going to do that is a combination of changing the business activities in these three areas, the way we put mustard and ketchup together on the hamburger, and then we're going to mechanize that by using a mustard ketchup squirting device. Ah, got it. Notice how I spoke English. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly on how that's done or not, but I'm speaking the English combining the business understanding with the technology component to make all of that happen. And that's the key to all of this is to make sure that there's an understanding of the effect that's there. Now another thing that we need to avoid is ignoring the technology. It's kinda funny that I'm saying it at this point there is an existing technology environment out there and if that has to be modified we have to sort of figure out what to do with it do we sunset it do we blow it up do we modify it do we hang more changes on there we have to make those you know decisions and understandings you know as we move forward so it's not that we ignore that and a lot of organizations don't have really good visibility into their existing information technology IT environment. Why? Because nobody ever thought about that inventory concept, the concept of having a blueprint or saying it a different way, an architecture that acts as the baseline for addressing and managing change within the technology environment. You've got to have something to look at. What is the baseline for addressing and managing change in the technology environment? What's there? A set of running computer programs? I don't think that's going to happen. So we need something there too to recognize what the changes are in the technology components. We're not ignoring it. And we do realize we have an as-is state, a desired state, and a transition state. In order to get us there, we need a series of modernization blueprints, whatever you'd like to call it, to be able to do that. Another thing, a mistake that we've seen out there is the Big Bang approach with due respect to the uh, television program a little bit. And that's taking this on as all-encompassing that's there. It would be nice to have, and we do push very hard to suggest, we do need an overarching blueprint for the whole digital transformation environment, but we go after it one floor at a time. So when we're looking at a hundred story building for a moment, and I use that as just as an analogy, the first thing we need to do is what? Dig a hole in the ground. Then we need to put on the first floor and then we put on the second floor. We have the infrastructure all the way to the hundredth floor, of course, but we can finish it out segmented at a time. And there is a sequence and we can't evolve to that. We can't agilely approach a 100-story building. We've got to know up front that the end objective is a 100 stories, not a log cabin and stack a 100 log cabins on top of each other to get a 100-story building. It's not going to happen. So we do need to understand the approaches that are there, the end game, going through the goals that are explicit, but we can look at the transformation that's going on One piece at a time to get us at the end result that we're looking at. And so the objective is to not chase technology, but actually look at the improvement of the business through technology in this transformation effort. Same type of sequence. First, we look at the business, then, we look at the goals of the business, and then, we look at the technology to enable the goals. That are out there. And unfortunately, one of the things that we do see in digital transformation, also that we believe is a failure, is a common phrase that's out there now, and it's so common it, has, it actually has a, a phrase associated with it, a nomenclature called lift and shift. Digital transformation to us is moving everything to the cloud. That's the answer. Everything goes into the cloud. Well, we did that before a few decades ago. It used to be called time sharing, and uh, one of the things that we're seeing now with cloud computing is what we saw in the time sharing days. The time sharing days it was called time sharing financial sticker shock. Now we're seeing cloud computing sticker shop. Nothing wrong with cloud computing. There was nothing wrong with time sharing either. It was that's not the end game. That's an enabler of something else that's out there. Now, one of the enablers could be cost reduction. That'd be there. So we're giving you just a summary of things that are going on here. In our next segment, we're going to talk about some of the other things that can be done. You're listening to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. See you back here in a few minutes.
0: Is your organization in the internet age when those around you are moving into the information age? Are your hallway conversations filled with words and phrases like blockchain, AI, VR, cloud computing, and micro this and that? Are you interested in bringing some method to the madness? Then talk to us. Through years of consulting with clients all over the world, the Pinnacle Business Group and Architecture's Center of Excellence have developed an understanding of what makes a consultant-client relationship work. And this understanding comes to every engagement. The Pinnacle Business Group assists organizations in solving their business and system challenges with its unique, proven approaches, bringing teams of business and system personnel together to jointly define business and system requirements. The teams are led through a series of facilitated activities to provide innovative solutions to their business and system challenges. We look forward to hearing from you. Visit PinnacleBusinessGroup.com. Are you frustrated with your business strategy, mission, or enterprise architecture efforts? If so, the book, Reaching the Pinnacle A Methodology of Business Understanding, Technology Planning, and Change, by leading enterprise architect practitioner Sam Holtzman brings a method to the marketing madness that surrounds the enablement of business and mission strategy and enterprise architecture. This helpful, no nonsense book sheds light on this poorly understood topic. It helps business executives and technology professionals build an enterprise architecture appropriate to their organizational needs, enabling their business and mission strategy. Enterprise architecture is the rethinking of how business and mission planning and information technology can support each other to achieve its strategic and mission objectives through the development of a series of project initiatives and agile models. Reaching the Pinnacle is available at Amazon.com. You are listening to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holzman. We welcome questions and comments about the program via email to sam at eacoe.org. That's sam at eacoe.org. Now, back to the 2020s Enterprise.
1: Digital Transformation Mistakes to Avoid. This is our last segment uh, on this particular topic, and uh, we chatted about a number of things. Uh, to avoid. A number of positive things can be done, and the first being to set a measurable goal for the digital transformation effort that's out there. But what are some of those other mistakes that we want to avoid there, and hopefully give you some hints to take back to your organization? Um, this one sounds kind of funny, but a lot of people chase shiny, glossy objects that are out there. We need one of these, whatever it is. I call it the back of the seat back strategy. Now, what does that mean? I'm sure that most of you have flown somewhere in an airline, and if it's a kind of a long flight, no matter what, you're going to reach into that biological hazard area in in the seat, known as the seat pocket (laughs) that usually has the airline magazine in it. And I call it a biological hazard because who knows what's in there. I'm not going to go on that topic right now. But in there is usually an airline magazine. And within that airline magazine, there's articles. And people do look at those. You sort of start your mind wanders and things like that. And a lot of shiny new objects are described in there. And unfortunately, a lot of people look at it and say, wow, look at this. This is really kind of neat. Yes, people do actually read things outside of electronic devices and these shiny new objects that are there now most organizations have moved away from that but there's always that quick fix desire that's out there still chasing after that latest and greatest innovation that's out there without determining whether those technologies will actually support the business goals that you're trying to achieve they may or may not you know that's out there and New technologies will create a modern infrastructure, yes. But <laughs> it may not deliver the value that people think it's going to because it really has nothing to do with the shiny new object that's out there. The other one was just fine. It wasn't a technology issue, even though it's called digital transformation. Notice that it's not titled Technology transformation. The word digital is a little bit deceiving. I think it's digitization that is the catchphrase for business transformation because that, nobody wants to talk about that in, in polite conversation that's out there. And another thing we have to look at, very, very, very important, is the human element. And the organizations have to invest in change management there's a lot of phrases that people use there and it comes back to a, a term that we coined or a phrase that we coined a number of decades ago we call it bioengineering i know what that sounds like a highfalutin phrase bio bio the b stands for business the i stands for information parentheses technology close parentheses and the o stands for organization so all three of those legs of the stool have to be looked at. And the one that seems to be dropped on the floor in a lot of organizations is the O, the people portion that's out there. And no matter how good those things are, human beings are threatened. I shouldn't say all. Sometimes I shouldn't say most, but I do believe most people are threatened by change because it's disrupting the things that they're doing in a day in and day out basis. And they feel vulnerable. They feel vulnerable. And nowadays, people seem to be very, very vulnerable or feel very vulnerable in this society that we're in. So we have to make sure that change management, whatever you want to call it, whatever the change program is, we're addressing the human element of the changes that are required in this digital transformation activity, um, you know, that's there. And it has to do with the ability of the organization to adapt to the changes at the pace that they're at, and one of the change experts in the world is a gentleman named Daryl Connor. And um, one of the things Daryl talks about is a change meter that he would like to see on people's forehead. Of course, we can't we can't do that. And as you're looking at the individual, there's a just like a you know gauge on a uh, on a fuel gauge on a on an automobile or something like that. It says empty and full. And as you're looking at the person and you're making some changes in your organization. You watch where that gauge is, and if it's sort of on the empty side, at the half-empty side of the the gauge, you say, "Well, that person can probably absorb a few more things." But it's a, if it's approaching the full side, it's like, "Don't, don't, don't do that!" <laughs> if, I t- if I have one more change, I'm going to explode. You know, that's out there. I can't take this anymore. There's so many things that are going on. And of course, whether it's the individual or the organization, we have to look at it. Technology doesn't care how fast and furious change comes, but the human being may. And that, again, has to do with the change management activities that are going on there. And that, unfortunately, does go beyond just training. It's looking at the individual's ability to adapt to the pace of change that's out there. And it's not just the new application or system is working but it's how the activities are going on around that. And the larger things are, the more change efforts need to be considered that's there as a human being as we, uh, you know, as we see it. It's that human element that we have to look at. So there's a number of items that we've talked about in this broadcast about things that are causing errors or issues with digital transformation, Why do this? Sam, you've talked about all these issues that are out there. Well, there are some benefits. People are actually the 16%. Remember I talked about the 16% that are actually succeeding. And some of the things that are really working well when you do have an understanding of these explicit human consumable representations, explicit human consumable representations is improved collaboration across the organization, There's a baseline for addressing and managing change. There's a baseline for addressing and managing change. If somebody has a better idea on how to do that, have them give me a call. It's architecture. That's what it is in in, in recorded history. It's a baseline for addressing and managing change, but it has to be human consumable. And that allows improve collaboration across the organization, which is going to optimize things very, very nicely. Yes, there will be efficiencies that will probably be gained if you start with business transformation and then apply the technology transformation that's there. Whether it's optimizing the processes that are used to react to events, where it's making the work flow faster, And easier and more efficient by reducing X, Y, or Z, or by creating these environments that are out there. And that allows people to focus on more productive activities that are out there. Better customer service. And lots of us have different approaches to that. Whether you have a product that you're providing, whether you have a service, it's that concept of frictionless approaches you know, that are out there. Yet again, we have to look at the cause and effect of, of, of doing that. We see in restaurants now the multiple ways to address this. And one of my favorite places to go uh, for years and years and years and still is, is um, the Walt Disney companies and the theme parks. And uh, I'm seeing the transformations going on there, and they're kind of fascinating to me. You can now order food, uh, through your mobile device and you go to a separate window to pick that up. You can go to a kiosk that has a menu essentially on it and push a few buttons. And of course you can quote, stand in line to get your food, you know, through a cashier and then go to a window to pick that up. There's multiple ways to do that. Well, what's the effect on the staff? And what are the expectations of the customer? Isn't that fascinating? In a mobile order platform at Disney, it sort of tells you, it says, hey, um, you'll be buzzed essentially when your food is ready. That's kind of nice to be able to, to do that. But you don't know if it's two minutes or ten minutes. It's not very long. They are very, very efficient at what they're doing. But there's still that anticipation. Well, should I wander off <laughs> or should I stick around? Those types of things. When you go in the kiosk, it's the same way. When you're in line, you sort of know how fast it's going to be because you are next in line. The cashier cashes you out. Then you go to the counter to pick up your meal and you sort of know how long it's going to take because they, you can see them putting it all together. Notice how the expectation changes. Notice how the back room operation changes. Notice how the expectations of the customer are changing in those environments that are out there. We have to take all of that into account. That's there. And the other thing from a standpoint of digital transformation, from a positive standpoint is we have to recognize that it is a continuous journey. The activities of optimization ends when the enterprise ceases to exist, when the enterprise dies. And so we need a baseline for addressing managing change continuously. This is not a project. It's a process. Now, each activity we're doing, we'd like to manage as a process because there's a beginning and middle and an end that's measurable so we can see the effects of what we're doing. So it's a continuous activity, ongoing, but each segment of what we're doing can have a measurable outcome that's there. And that's the main objectives in this whole area. It's the optimization of the whole. And the key element, coming back to full circle here, on the areas that have succeeded with digital transformation comes to, number one, defining the goal of what digital transformation is to your organization. What is the end objective And I want to stress again, it's not a platitudinal statement, but the goal has to be strategic, measurable, actionable, and accountable, results-oriented within a certain time measurement, a time-bound activity, the SMART concept. The key thing about digital transformation is getting that right. Once we know what the objective is, the measurable objective of digital transformation is, Then we can start looking first at the business goals, the business processes and activities, and look at optimizing those or understanding those or making sure that they are as good as possible from a business standpoint as the second objective. And the third objective is the enablement of that through new digital environments that are out there. And those are going to be continuously changing. As all of us know, 20 years ago, we didn't have smartphones. Well, all that technology is there now. What's the effect on the business? What's the effect on the technology? And I'm sure pretty soon there will be another technology that will move that ball even closer to the optimal state of what we call the anticipatory environment. Our mind melds, figure out what we need to do. That's the spooky thing coming that's out there. Well, I don't know how spooky it is, but it is going to be a continuous change as we're working through there. So digital transformation, positive activities, look at the goals of digital transformation first, you'll be on your way to success. You've been listening to the 2020s Enterprise with Sam Holtzman, Please reach out to me at sam at eacoe.org, sam at eacoe.org. Until next time, take care.
0: Thank you for tuning in this week to the 2020s Enterprise. Be sure to join your host, Sam Holzman again for another edition of our program. Next Wednesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll have more topics of discussion then.